This is the Outreach.fm podcast. Nowadays, sometimes you can look at the world and think, we've gone crazy. Things seem out of control. But remember, God is always in control. Are you looking for something fresh, new, and exciting? This is the Outreach.fm podcast. Taking the positive message of Jesus Christ to the world. Proclaiming he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Broadcasting from the Upper Room Studios to the world. Are you ready? Let's get into it. This is Outreach.fm. And now, here's Pastor William Luffman. Father, thank you for this word we're about to receive. We receive it with gladness. We give you praise and honor and glory for it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said... Job 14, I'll read from the King James in this particular session. I've read the scripture in times past. I love it. These scriptures are wonderful. Job 14 verse 7 says, For there is hope of a tree, if it be cut down, that it will sprout again, and that the tender branch thereof will not cease. Though the root thereof wax old in the earth, and the stock thereof die in the ground, yet through the scent of water... It will bud and bring forth bows like a plant. Can you shout amen? Because we're talking about hope here. I love this. I love the illustration that he gives. It's kind of a vivid one that if you cut something down, uh, if you'll notice a lot of times just because you cut it down doesn't mean it's gone. Because if you don't take it out by the root, it's going to try to grow again. Just a little while ago, we had a little drought here in, in Clarksville at the beginning of May. It seemed for some reason we went through a couple of weeks, no, no rain, and, and it got hot, like almost August hot in the 90s, and, and it was sunny for a few days, and, and, and uncharacteristically, the, the grass started to burn. Never does happen here in May, sometimes August or September, but then the rain came. And almost overnight, man, that grass went from being brown to like, I'm waving out here, I'm growing, look out here, I'm growing out here. And then we had to cut that grass again. Amen. And let me tell you something about hope is such a wonderful thing. Because hope, like this illustration given here, it says even though things are cut down, just know that it will grow again. Just because something may have died doesn't mean that it's dead forever. God loves to bring things back to life. Have you noticed that? He does it all through the Bible. He brings things that people think are dead, back to life. I love that. And that's why the subject of hope, I know I've been on it a few weeks, we're almost done with it. But why do, I, why do I need to say any more about hope? Because when you walk out that door, there's going to be every device of the devil to try to take your hope from you. Now again, I know I harp a lot on not watching the news. I do not watch the news. You mean you don't even watch Fox? You don't watch MSNBC? No, I don't watch any of them. I get a little blurbs on my phone so I can just kind of know a little bit about the headlines. But they're hope stealers. They're all hope stealers. I mean, it used to be that they felt obligated if they gave you 25 minutes of bad news that they'd stick in a couple of good stories to make you feel good. They don't even do that anymore. So I don't even get into that. But you're going to, listen, if you don't need hope today, you're going to need it in the future. Because something's going to happen that you don't expect to try to take something away from you that's dear or, or, or that, that's precious to you. And you better know how to find hope when that time comes. Because the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Remember that. Remember that, that he is not done when you think he's done. He will try to keep on until he finishes you off. 
You, you are every moment and every day that you wake up and you call on the name of Jesus, you are a nuisance to him. And he wants to eradicate you from this earth. But you can have hope that you're going to, not only are you going to make it, but like that, like that tree, you're going to flourish again. Everybody say, I'm going to flourish again. Look at your neighbor and say, my best days are definitely not behind me. My best days are absolutely in front of me. Now, I don't even care if you're 80. Listen, Moses was 80 years old when he became Moses. You know, when he became the greatest leader that the earth had ever seen to that moment in time, the man was 80 years old. Abraham became a father when he was almost 100. Now, I don't know about you, but Lord Jesus. Now, we're in the great grandchild stage. We don't want any more kids, kids. You know what I'm saying? But I want you to understand the magnitude of how hope transcends biology. Hope transcends physics. Hope transcends the laws that you think govern this planet. You say, when you use the word, there is no way, you need to pause for a moment because there is a way. All you've got to have is some hope for God to do some things. Now I'm going to give you some things to write down. I only have a couple minutes for you, so I'm going to go fast. Number one, hope is the beginning of all restoration. When you get hope, you are beginning to be restored. The moment you get hope in your heart about your situation or your life, restoration is beginning. It's underway. It's a big statement. All of these statements I'm going to give you are so big. If you'll meditate on them later on, they're going to speak something to you specifically. Number two, all vision that we possess is dependent on our hope. All vision. So if, you don't, if you've got a little hope, you're going to have a little vision. All vision that you have is dependent on your hope. It's important that you are around hopeful people. It's important that you're not around a bunch of hope stealers. And people are always telling you, it's not going to happen. And I don't think you should think. And you shouldn't. No, no. You need to be around people that will build up your hope. Can you shout Amen. Another thing, hope is a non-surrendering attitude. Now, I like that. Hope is a non-surrendering attitude. It says, I, you know, it's almost like the Micah thing. I may fall, but I shall arise. Don't think that I'm down for good. Don't think that this is the end of it. Don't think that I, don't think that's it. You, you're misjudging your premature in your assessment. Right? The devil likes to predict and the devil likes to project and the devil likes, he, he's a fatalistic God. He likes to tell you, It'll ne- you'll never love again. You'll never enjoy life again. You'll never feel good in your body again. You'll never have any money again. You'll never have, and he'll say this all day to you and you just got to say, get thee behind me. Because hope is a non-surrendering attitude. Praise God. There was a girl dreaming And a prince came along in her dream and took her off. And in her dream, she says to him, where are we going? And the prince said to her, I don't know, it's your dream. So I'm here to report to you, it's your dream. It's your dream. You get to determine where you want to go, what you're going to do, what you're going to become, how it's going to turn out. You have some control over your destiny. And it's called hope. It's like, I I don't know how I'm getting. See, again, I said it in the prayer line today. If you can get how out of the way, God can do a lot. 
and when. How and when. If you can get those two questions to push them to the side and just say, I don't know how and I don't know when, but I know God is going to do something big. I'm going to live again. I'm going to laugh again. I'm going to plan again. I'm going to have peace again. I'm going to have joy again. The church will be full again. My family will be good again. My kids are coming back to God again. We're going to have fun again. I mean, yeah. Look at your neighbor and say, it's my dream. I get to determine. Amen. Hope is the force that molds us into what we were intended to be. In Romans chapter 4, go very, very quickly. It may be the only verses we even get to because I only have just a few minutes with you. I am going to stick to my uh, schedule. I'm a planner, remember? And I have a plan to be out there in that baptistry at 12 o'clock straight up today. Praise God. Romans chapter 4, verse 16. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end that the promise might be sure. Everyone say sure. Sure. You'll hear people say in the days we're living in, nothing is a sure thing. Well, they're wrong. That it might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law. That would be the Jewish people. It's not sure only to them, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Verse 17, as it is written, God said, I have made you, he's talking to Abram, I've made you a father of many nations before whom he believed, even God, listen to this, who quickens the dead. What does he do with the dead? Means brings to life. That word quicken means God brings back to life the dead. Well, I lost my business. I guess I'll not. Well, God can bring another one. Bring, bring something else. Well, somebody dear to me is gone. God can bring somebody else. Amen. Amen. Quickens the dead. And here's what God does. He calls those things which are not as though they were. He said, I'm not going to sit here all day and bicker with you and tell you you're, you're hurt, you're beat, you're depressed, you lost something. God will never tell you what you are. He will tell you what you're supposed to be. He's not going to agree with you that the state you're in right now is your final state. God is never going to do that. Just because you might be in a valley, you might be in a storm, you might be sick at the moment, you might be going through a divorce, you may have lost somebody in your life, God is never going to say, well, this is the way you are and this is the way you are. God's going to say, yeah, but this is who you're going to be. God quickens the dead and calls those things that be not as though they were. And then he said, and and, uh, this is talking about Abraham now, who against hope, Abraham did a strange, strange thing. Against hope, he believed in hope. He said, now wait a minute. When I look at my circumstances, there's nothing there for me to hope for. And if I keep looking at them, I'm going to become more and more hopeless. So what I'm going to do is put some hope in hope. I'm actually going to go ahead and put some hope in the fact that hope works. And I'm not going to look at my circumstances because if I get some of my hope over here, all of this over here is going to change. Are you, are you listening to me? Now let's keep reading. And being, uh, so against hope, he, he uh, believed in hope that he might become, see hope makes you become the father of many nations. 
And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body. Now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully persuaded of what he had promised, he was able also to perform. And therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. So we got a lot of things in these verses that I can't break it on down right now. But there's some things here we need to catch hold of. Now, someone I highly respect and I highly love, I heard them say recently, and they were preaching about faith, and, and I love them, but I'm going, to, I'm going to disagree with, I don't think they even meant it this way, but they made a statement. I had to disagree a little. Because they said, well, the problem with hope, and, and, and you know, we're talking about faith here, and the problem with hope is hope is always in the future. It's always tomorrow. Now, that part of the statement is true. But the problem is you have to have hope before you can even have faith. And I'm really going to hit that hard next week. It's going to be our finale. We're going to close up next week. And so the Lord gave me a statement and I want you to write it down because I think this is a very powerful statement. Faith is now, but only now when hope is already present. Faith is now. But it's only now when hope is already present. You cannot have faith unless you have hope already. So you have to have hope. That's right. And this is what we see in these scriptures here where God was talking about this with Abram. Think about this. He took an older man. He said, I'm going to make you the father of nations. Abram, Abram in his mind thought, now wait a minute, my, my wife has been barren her whole life. Now she's passed the, the childbearing years, she's too old to even physically conceive a child. Even if she could, myself, I can't perform like I, I don't think I even have what in my body, the ability to reproduce. And now God, here you are telling me you're going to make me a father. How do you expect me to believe that? God said, you don't have to believe that. You need to believe in hope. If you can believe in hope, hope's going to come into your heart and somehow you're going to be believing that even though it may not be present, it is on the way. Because hope says it is on the way. It is coming. Can you shout amen? So hope determines what you become. You can write that down. It keeps pointing you to your destiny. Hope God gives us hope to start with. In other words, he'll give you some to start. God's not just going to tell you to hope. He's going to give you some hope to start with. That's what he told Abram. He said, I'm going to give you some hope. I'm going to tell you you're going to be the father of many nations. Even though there's no sign of it, I'm going to give you some to start with. You came to church today. You know what's happening in your heart right now? Some hope is stirring. See, what should happen when you come to church is you ought to walk out of the building. And if you were in a hopeless situation, you should walk out going, you know, now let me think about that again. You know what? I believe, I believe things are going to begin to work now. I'm expecting God to begin to change things. That's what should happen when you come to church. Amen. Another thing, hope causes you to rise above your reason. I love that statement. In other words, you don't just let your mind tell you what your situation is, but hope causes you to rise above your reasoning, your reasoning. In other words, you know, Abram knew that he couldn't produce a child. He knew she could not have a child. But hope somehow said, I know you know that. And I know it's not physically possible. And I know it hasn't happened, but you just got to have hope for it. How many of you have ever had a hopeless situation in your life that turned around? I have. And when you're in the moment, you think you're beat. You're beaten. You think that you are beaten. You think that... I'm defeated. This can't change. 
this will never turn. I'll never get to victory, but somehow it did. And you know what happened? Somehow on that journey, if you think back carefully, you may not know exactly when, but somewhere in the middle of it, you got a little hope. Sometimes all it takes is one, one bit of good news. Somebody giving you a hug. Somebody sending you a text. You know, listen, don't send ugly texts and emails to people. My God in heaven. The Bible says we're supposed to encourage one another. Lift each other up. You know, strengthen one another. In the, and the Bible says if you see somebody weak, it didn't say you stomp them. If you see somebody that, that's failing, you don't grind them into the ground. Speak a word of hope. Speak a word of life. And you know what? It says the older are supposed to encourage the younger. We that, we that are a little older in here, we have a responsibility. If we see a younger one behind us faltering or even failing or even messing up, we can surely tell them, hey, you need, you, this will help you to tell. But we don't need to grind them into the ground. Can you shout amen? How many times do you think as a pastor in my years of being a pastor, I've had the opportunity to retaliate and, and had good reason to retaliate. You know how many times I've done it? This is God, God awful. God, this is the God honest truth. Zero. I'm just not going to do it because I have to be an agent of hope. See, if I also, I have to protect my own hope. There are things, listen, there are things I'm hoping for. Things I'm hoping for in my family. Amen. All of these now, no, and another thing, hope attracts faith. We talked about that. The more hope, the more faith. The more hope, the more faith. The more hope, the more faith. The more I can get your hopes up in here, the more your faith is going to come alive. Aren't you glad that you can come to church and get some hope and not have somebody try to snuff out your dream? Amen. More hope means stronger faith. Uh, hope reminds us of the promises of God. And I love this next one. Hope is not discriminatory. In other words, hope will, hope will work for anybody. And I know, I know you're going to, listen, you are out of step with the world if you're going to be a hopeful person. If every time they say, well, gas is $5 a gallon, what are we going to do? Well, I guess God's going to provide. He provided when it was $1.50. He provided when it was $2.50. He provided when it was $3.50. He provided when it was $4.50. Do I like the fact that it's higher? No. Do I think it should be? Absolutely not. Do I think we could do something about it? Probably. But you know what? Rather than get into a frustration and depression and negativity and just my God and just go on and on and on about it. You know, when you pull up to the pump, be thankful that God's blessed you where you can still get gas. Father, I just thank you. I got enough money to buy gas today. I remember the days of digging in the seat of my car for 25 cents back in the day. I remember, you know, you have all kinds of like crusty bread and old stuff in there and you dig down into that crease of that old seat. You pull out and you're trying to find a nickel or a couple of pennies. I remember going in and counting out 25 cents and they say, I'd, I'd like to get some gas on pump one. How much would you like, sir? 25 cents. Did you say $25? No, I said 25 cents. And here it is. And you're trying to get the sticky off some of those pennies. And they're looking at you like, oh, Lord. I thank God when I pull up to the pump, I can get gas. Amen. Let's read verse 23. Because now, if this thing that happened to Abraham was an isolated event, if it was because God sort of picked Abraham out of the bunch and said, well, I'm just going to bless you 
No one else can expect to get this kind of thing but you. I'm going to put it in my word so people can see what a great thing I did for you, Abram. Then it would be a good story to read and it would be somewhat encouraging, but it would also be frustrating for God to keep telling us all this stuff he can do, but it's always for somebody else. But verse 23 says, Now it was not written for his sake alone, talking about Abraham, that it was imputed to him, but for us also. Everybody say, for me. This story wasn't just written for Abraham. It was written for Jerome and Grace and Tara and Sarah and on down the line here, right? It was not, but us also to whom it shall, it shall be imputed. It will happen just for us. If we believe on him that raised up Jesus. All these things in the Bible are meant to give you hope. God, I love the fact that God doesn't just put all the good stuff in the Bible. He puts the struggles. He puts the hurts. He puts people that have lost loved ones. We, We can find a story in here where people have lost loved ones, where they lost their money, where they lost, uh, they got lost out in the world. We can find all, every kind of stories in here that, that we can relate to and say, that was me. But look what happened. The prodigal son went, oh my God, he left his father's house. He, he went out, he wound up in the pig pen. Oh my God, I've been down there. I've been in that mire before. Oh, wait a minute. He, the father was waiting. He came back. He got the fatted cap. He got the ring on his finger. They threw a party. Aren't you glad that God will show you the dark side? But then he'll show you how you can get out. That's what I love about God. That's what I love about the Word of God. That's why I love preaching the Word of God. If I didn't believe the Word of God brought hope and faith to anybody, I'd stop today. I'd just go out the door and go pick up my paintbrush and go back and paint some more houses and give some tithes and offerings to a church and go to heaven. But I know that this Bible is true. And I'm here today to tell you that you should put your hope not in man, Put your hope in God. Don't be afraid to trust God. God knows how to get you through the storm, get you through the hurt, get you through the loss, get you through the betrayal, get you through the frustration, get you through, get you through, get you through, whatever it is. God knows how to get you through. God wants you to put your hope back in him. And he took an old man and an old woman. And now he could have chosen, there were so many young couples in the land in that day, like there always are. He could have chosen some young couple. He did it later on with Mary, but in this case he didn't. He chose the two people that absolutely couldn't produce a child and said, hmm, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. And, uh, she is going to have a child. Now, they had a part to play. God didn't just say, you'll become a father of many nations. Go back there and sit down, and Sarah, you're going to be pregnant. He basically told Abram, you're going to have to get busy, boy. Like you have to act like you used to act. When she walks across the room, you're going to have to start looking like you did back in the day. Now, I'm just trying, I'm trying to PG this a little bit, okay? I'm trying to give you the PG version here, okay? But, but that is true. For God to do things, you're going to have to do your part. And he didn't just say, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. You're not going to have to do anything. You have to do what you're going to have to do. And trust me, when that happens, something's going to happen. And you know, Sarah at first probably thought, you ain't touching me, boy. 
No, 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 no. You can't, can't touch this, you know. You know. Rick James, man, he, he got ripped off by, by Hammer. We all know that. But anyway, uh, anyway, we got to, I got to close my, I don't have, I should be back in the back getting dressed up. Um, if we'll do what God tells us to do. Amen. Notice what, go back to the scripture. You don't have to read, but if, there's hope of a tree, even if it's cut down. That at the, notice what it uses, this phrase in the King James Version, at the scent of water, it'll start trying to grow again. I've cut things down before and thought, you're dead. I cut down some stuff out in my, uh, out in my yard of some like ivy stuff that was growing in my gravel. I got some special gravel landscaping and it was, it was growing. I, hate, I thought, man, it's taking over. I went out there and sprayed it with some killer about three weeks ago. It all died. I came back from this little trip I was on. It's back again. I like, law of Jesus. What are we going to do with this stuff here? Because God has put life in this planet. God has put life in you. God wants you to live and not die. There'll come a time when you'll transfer into heaven, but until then, He wants you to live. Not exist, but live. You've been listening to the Outreach.fm podcast with your host, Pastor William Luffman. We hope you've gotten some inspiration from this show. We enjoyed bringing it to you. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, reach out online. Find our website at faithoutreach.org. The streaming platform is livestreamchurch.com. Get an inspirational shot at a doseofhope.com. You've been listening to Outreach.fm. And remember, no matter what the weather may seem like in your life, the sun's going to shine again.